Hello everybody and welcome to our coming of age episode. If we were a child and we'd celebrated our birthday, we'd now be old enough to drink, which um, 18 weeks of non-league podcastery could be enough to drive you to, but we're still going strong. Um, as always, I am John Phipps and I'm joined by Matt Gerrard. Um, how are you, Matt? I understand you've, you've been away again. Yes, I've had a trip to Copenhagen at Malmo uh, over the last few days of work again. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of a programme called The Bridge, the Swedish Scandinavian drama, and I went across the bridge, and I have to say, it's one of the highlights of my existence, so I was really chuffed with that. People I work with were to bash my head against the brick wall because I kept mentioning The Bridge, but anybody who, who doesn't watch The Bridge, go and watch it, it's the greatest programme the world has ever seen, and Series 4 is coming soon on the BBC, not that I'm uh, advertising it, on BBC, moving it to BBC Two from BBC Four, so can see how mainstream it is but it is my favorite program of all time so going across the bridge was a real real highlight i'm a very sad man aren't i but it was just going across a bridge but it that was the bridge so there you go i must admit when i saw you say on twitter it was one off the bucket list i was very concerned but hearing about you are obviously very passionate about the program so i think i'll just about let you get away with that one honestly it's a subtitle so you have to read and concentrate which probably is one of the good things but it's such a good programme. The, the main character in it, Saga, she's a, uh, an OCD detective and the storylines are brilliant and it knocks anything on UK TV or American TV out of the park. Obviously, my favourite thing, and even the theme tune, is my ringtone on my phone, so that's how sad I am. So, well, um, I don't really know where we can <laughs> where we can go from here. I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll actually talk about some football now. Um, there's only one place we can start, the FA Cup second round. Um Matt will gladly tell you, I think he said twice on the show before, the FA Cup's over for him when all of Kent's non-league teams are out of it. So there's only one hope left. Maidstone United are the ones remaining. On Saturday, they travel to Milton Keynes Dons. The Dons are 15th in League One. They've only won three league games at home so far this season. Their current form isn't a lot to write home about either. Only one of those home wins has come in the last two months and they're three games without a win in the league. Well, that's a positive. The Stones' current form is also not great. They're also three without a win. They've lost their last two games 4-0 as well. We'll discuss them in a moment, but before that, we're going to hear from a man who have a part to play on Saturday and has played in Milton Keynes before. Goalkeeper Lee Wargan began his, his career with Wimbledon and was part of the team that moved up to Milton Keynes in that controversial move. He even made three substitute appearances for the first team just before they became Milton Keynes Dons when they were still Wimbledon but playing in, in Milton Keynes at the hockey stadium. Um, I spoke to Lee Wargan on Tuesday night and we started off, of course, by discussing Saturday's game. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a it's a great draw for the club. Obviously, MK Don's got a you know a brand new stadium, so you know it's a good day out for supporters and players. Um, but you know we're we're looking at it as a as a game that we can actually go in and and do quite well in. I think you know we're, we're sort of Saturday aside. Um, our our recent performances away from home have been have been superb, and you know we proved that we can we can mix it with the league teams after beating um, beating Cheltenham in the last round. So. You know, we go into it with no real pressure, uh, you know, and we can go and, go and enjoy the day. And with the attacking threats that we've got, I think we can cause them a problem. Is it one of those ones where you approach it, you know, differently because it is a cup game? And like you say, there is no pressure on you. You've got No one's expecting you to go there and win. No one's expecting you to go and win at Cheltenham. But if you can get there, go play without pressure, then anything can happen, can't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we were the team that was... Uh, Supposedly, you know, supposed to win the game when we played Enfield in um, in the round before Cheltenham, uh, and it's difficult to be that side because you know all the onus is on you, is, is on you to win the game, um, and I'm sure MK Dons will, will be feeling that. You know, they're two leagues above us; they're um, they're an established 
uh, league club. Uh, they're at home, you know. So effectively, it's it's not, it's not a free one, but it's effectively a game where we can go. No one, uh, you know, no one outside of the, the the squad believes that you know we could go there and get a result. So, you know, when when you're playing against teams who have got that onus on them, it's very very difficult for them, and it's it's, it's equally as you know it's brilliant for us because you know they're going to have to come at us. Um, and uh, you know when teams do that, like Cheltenham and did, and we're a very, very good sort of counter-attacking team, got good front players. You know, it, it gives us an opportunity to, to to get at them and get a result. And you know, it's it's brilliant being the underdog. It's the story of the FA Cup. It's, it's a fantastic position to be in. So, you know, if worst comes to worst, we go there, and you know, we 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 get a draw and we bring them back to the Gallagher. So it's um, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a good day. At this stage, do you, do you dare to dream of the third round and some of the names you could be in the hat with? I'd be lying if I said I, I I don't. To be totally honest with you, obviously you um we we come so close a few years ago. We obviously we beat Stevenage and you know ended up losing to Wrexham and then they drew Stoke in the in the third round. So you know I think every player who's who's playing in the second round will be lying if they say they haven't, they haven't dreamt of, of drawing Man United away or or Man City at home or whatever it may be. But yeah, you do you do dare to dream, obviously, and I think. Um, like I said, we're quietly confident. You know, we go there where there's no pressure, and you know, it's a bit of a, a, a sort of part of the end of the rainbow. You know, getting to the third round is it's what every player in our league and our position wants to get to. And you know, I mean, I'm fingers crossed we can go there and, and get a result. And of course, Milton Keynes, that they were they were still technically called Wimbledon, but you started your career there and played a few times from at the hockey stadium. I did, yes, I did. Yeah, I um, I signed for Wimbledon when I was uh, eleven or twelve, I believe, and uh, I spent three or four years there as a schoolboy, and then they offered me a scholarship and a, and a professional deal. So I did a lot of my youth, my, my youth game, you know, the youth side of my game there, and um, I was part of the squad that, you know, was told that the club would go bankrupt unless it moved to Milton Keynes, and. I ended up going up with the team. We still trained in Wimbledon, but we played our games at the hockey stadium and I made my debut uh, there against Bradford City. Um, and then I played a couple of other games before before going out on loan to further my development. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I've got a couple, of, uh, a couple of people there that I still know. Dean Lewinson, who's, who's been there, you know, been ever present there for the last 10 or 12 years. And the goalkeeping coach, Paul Hill, was the goalkeeping coach when I was there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going and seeing a couple of friendly faces. But as a club itself, I think it's evolved and changed drastically since um, since I was there. I was looking up your games you played for, for Wimbledon. And one of them, you came on and then got sent off. That can't have been your fault, this moment. <laughs> You've done your digging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually, um, yeah, so like I said, I made my debut against Bradford on Sky. Brilliant. I come on and I've done really well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, in my head I thought I was starting. It was away at Rotherham, and in my head I was starting. And he played Paul Hill over me, and I guess it got me a little bit down. And my head was a bit over the place. And I did that actually. Yeah, I come on and um, come out. I've, I've actually played well up to that point. I've made a couple of saves, but sort of ball over the top. I've come out, got, not got my distances right, and ended up catching it before throwing it away in disbelief. You know, having thought I caught outside my box and tried to jump back into my box at the same time. Yeah, it was all a all a bit something that's haunted me for um for a few years. But yeah, so it's a bit a bit comical and um I haven't lived it down to be fair. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, sorry <laughs> to bring that one up. Um, <laughs> no problem. I mean generally, um it's it's been going fairly well for Maidstone, but the, the last two results you've got to be disappointed with though, haven't you? And and I guess you'd prefer to be going into this cup tie in a slightly better run of form rather than on back to back four nil losses. 
Yeah, it's not ideal. Obviously, you know, we've, um, as you just said, we've we've been fantastic this season, really. For you know, for the the, the clubs that's you know effectively only this is our second full year in the division. We've gone from evenings to daytime training. You know, so there's been a lot of change at the football club, and I think everyone thought that it would take a little. Bit take us as a team, us as a club, a little a little bit longer to settle, but we started the season brilliantly. Um, you know, and in this last week, we've you know, we just hit a little slump of form where we had a lot of players who were out either due to suspension or injury. And, um, you know, we drew 1-1 at home to Stolihar and then Tuesday night we, we lost, obviously, 4-0 to Bournemouth and, and then the same result Saturday. So, yeah, it's not it's, it's not an ideal week of preparation. Um, I guess all you're doing is hoping that MK Don sends scouts to, to watch them two games and are going back rubbing their hands. I think that's the only thing you can you can possibly take out of it. But like I said, we've got a lot of experience in our team. We've you know we've um, we've won a lot of games this season. We we're very very together, and hopefully it's just a little blip like all teams go through. And you know we get we get we get to sort of get our heads on and having a good uh, good day on Saturday. Yeah, then obviously, you know, you're building up towards the busy sort of Christmas period now as well. And you do want to be in good form because it, the league is so tight, isn't it? I mean, it, every single week it seems to be changing hands at the top. And I think it's still only like seven or eight points between about 15 teams, isn't there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, really. We we obviously come in after after getting beat Saturday and we were thinking, oh, you know, we're going to drop to... We're going to be in the bottom half of the table now. You know, you've got to be looking around us. But we'd actually only dropped a couple of places and... You know, because it seems as if when when one team wins, everyone's winning, and then everyone loses together, and it's uh, draws, and it's, yeah, it's just it's incredible how you know how there's such a, a minimal amount of points between you know between top and top. I think it's something silly, like sixteenth or something. It's, it's it's pretty crazy. Whereas I speak to a lot of players who, who play for other clubs at this level, and everyone's of the same opinion that you know a lot of teams are very very similar in terms of you know performance and squad levels, and it is. Is whoever really turns up on the day seems to walk away with the three points. There doesn't seem to be really any team that's grabbed the league by the scruff of the neck and, uh, you know, like Lincoln did last year and really taken it, you know, taken it away. It's sort of up for grabs for a lot of teams. So I think that gives you a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of positive thinking when you, you know, when you're thinking, right, well, now if we can have a really, really good Christmas and you, you, you know, pick our form up again and go into January, you know, we, we could be realistic playoff contenders. And, um, you know, so I think now we started the season as top ten finish would be would be brilliant. You know, we build them last season, but you know, looking at the league this year and looking at how good we've been this season, I don't see why we can't you know aim for the playoff places. And just finally, obviously, you know, it's going to be a fair few Maidstone fans making their trip on Saturday. How much of a difference can they make for you guys up there? You know, I tell you what, I've um, I speak to a lot of like I said, I speak to a lot of other players at different clubs and. And it's funny to say that I actually spoke to the, the, the linesman after the game Saturday at Tranmere, and he just said your travelling supporters are, are unbelievable. And you know, full credit to them; they they turn out in numbers, have done since I've been at the club. But this season, the last season, this season especially, they've really been a driving force behind how well we've done. They you know they turn up in you know in sort of three or four, five, six, seven hundred, however many it may be, and they don't stop singing. And it really does make a difference. And I believe we've got about two thousand travelling on them. Um, on Saturday, so you know they are—they're going to be a pivotal part of how well we do because chances are there's going to be parts of the game that you know we're, we're going to be under the cosh a little bit. So that's when you need them to to really get behind us and keep their noise levels going. But 
you know, as I'm sure that they will because they've they've been a real 12th man since this season. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they, they really have been a credit to the club. Oh, Matt, that was a fantastic chat with Lee Walker. What, what a lovely fella he seems. Well, it's, modern technology, I can listen to that on a plane. That's a world spinning so fast these days, isn't it? And I thought it did make me smile throughout the interview um, we had. What a good career he's had. Um, you know, I quite like it that he doesn't, didn't seem to take himself too seriously in, in the interview as well. Some of these footballers you do interview sort of do from that point of view. But a really great guy. And, you know, you know, I was hoping that Maystone can get a result on Saturday, but after listening to that, you really, really hope they can at least get a draw and get him back down to, to the Gallagher on Saturday. But uh, what a great man and, you know, a very, very good goalkeeper, probably been the best in Kent over the last uh, five or so years. Yeah, I, I certainly remember I saw, I saw him when he played for Tunbridge Angels and I always thought he was a, you know, a very good goalkeeper. And, and you know, he's, he's one of those ones, he is your, your sweeper-keeper. And when he was telling me about that red card he had up at Rotherham for, for Wimbledon, I wasn't shocked that he came out of his box because he does that quite a lot. I remember seeing him herring around the pitch, taking free kicks virtually at halfway. But, but for all of that, for all those histrionics and everything, he's a very, very solid goalkeeper. He was brilliant for Tunbridge Angels, made the move over to Maidstone, and he's been as solid as a rock for them. And if he has a good game on Saturday, well, I mean, it goes without saying, if he keeps a clean sheet on Saturday, Maidstone have had a good result, haven't they? Yeah, I think it probably shows that he moved, I think, when they uh, just got promoted to the Devon Bostick Premier, as I think before, that point of view, and he's probably the only player left from that era that's come through into the National League. So he's captain of the side, so very highly respected, 34 years of age. So a few more years left in him as well. If he has a good game, um, it will do it. You know, the last two games for the Stones haven't been too good, but I think um, maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking about the uh, the big game against MK Dons because, of course, they want to be in the, the hat for the third round, but it will be a fantastic achievement from there. And you know, you can see what he meant to him when he mentioned that. That when they lost to Wrexham, they had Stoke in the next round. So I think, you know, some people might say the FA Cup doesn't matter to some people, but clearly it does to Lee Wogan because he wants an FA Cup third round tie on his CV and fingers crossed that can happen and it come come against the big boy. That was the thing, I, I, you know, when I said to him, you know, do, do you think about it? I was half expecting him to say, well, no, we're just focused on Saturday, but you could hear the excitement in his voice and for the whole club, the whole town of Maidstone, if they were to put an upset off and get through, get into the hat, get a Premier League team, that would be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? I think it would do a bit like Sutton United as well last year when they played Arsenal on the 3G. It brings that um, big factor in their league back. Well, they'd, be, they'd beaten Leeds, hadn't they, already, Sutton? Yeah, so. So, so, they, so again, that brings it into play. Of course, you know, I remember Maidstone back in in mid-80s, 87, was it? They played Watford and I think they took the lead when you had the likes of Butler and Gould up in front. So they've, they've been there before in the in the previous guys. MK Dons, I think they're not a bad cup side. As I mentioned before, they knocked over out in 2013, at this stage, 2012, 2013. So um, it's a big stadium. Maystone will bring a lot of fans from there. It's getting your head around that stadium because it's so big and only, MK Dons won't have many fans. So probably looking four or 5,000. It's just you know, working that game out within the big stadium, it's a shame it's in such a big stadium from that point of view because, you know, you do lose a bit of atmosphere, but I'm sure the Maidstone fans will do it. Just fingers crossed. Hopefully they've had the bad games knocked out in the last two games.
Yeah, I think another thing as well is, you know, a lot of people might say, well, if they get a replay, they'll get them back onto the 3G pitch and then it'll be tricky. But obviously, MK Dons did win on the 3G pitch at Hyde in, in the previous round. So that won't be so much of a, of a concern for MK Dons. But I don't see any reason why, you know, Lee Wogan said it there, there's no pressure on Mason. Yeah, they've had a couple of, of really disappointing results. But Saturday aside, away from home, they've been excellent. And they go there to Milton Keynes, a couple of thousand supporters with them, Absolutely nothing to fear. No pressure on them at all. You know, if they lose this, if they lose, we won't sit here this time. Let's we can say, well, Maidstone let us all down. It'll be well, fair play to Maidstone for having a good run. So there's no pressure on them at all. And I, you know, I really hope they can go up there and get a result. I, I don't necessarily think they will, but I really hope they can get something. At the very least, bring them back down to the Gallagher for a replay. Yeah, I, I, I think I've said before. I think the leap from League Two to League One is a bit of a and MK Dons have got some good players. I know they've had a turnaround of the squad since Carl Robertson left uh, and the guy from Scotland, Nielsen, came in. Maybe it hasn't worked out for them. They, they probably are, with, the, with their base, they probably could you know, a lower-end championship side um, from that point. It hasn't really worked for them when they went, went up and come back down again. But it's going to be tough, but you need your big players in that. But people like Stuart Lewis, who've seen it all before at the lower end of the, of the Football League, he needs to be key. Um, but again, you're hoping that Hines is is on form as well. It's going to be tough. I, I think they may go out of the competition. I always fancied them against Cheltenham to get something out of it. But I think it may just be a little um, little gap too far between them and MK. Hopefully I'm proved wrong. But whatever it will be, it will be a great day out for the Maystone fans. And, you know, again, the club's on the right right way. You know, they're doing well in the league. They got round to the second round of the FA Cup. So, you know, as objectives are concerned, so far so good for Maystone. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've already mentioned their, their league result on Saturday. Tranmere away is always a tough place to go, although Dover seems to do all right up there. But that is a disappointing result to go down 4-0 for them. Yeah, again, lost a couple of early goals, didn't it? Which didn't really help from that point of view. Tranmere, I still think they'll be up there and thereabouts once once they click. They seem to be scoring a lot more goals. Um, people like Norwood, proven at that level. And again, Maystone, again, had a promise in defence, a couple of players... Um, They've had a few injuries at the back as well, so which hasn't sort of um, affected them in the last couple of games as well. I know Okanuga's come in, Finney's been in, but the the other guy, um, I can't remember his name now, the, the other centre half from, from QPR, he he's been injured, hasn't he? So, Winter, is um, that? Winter, that's it. So he's had a few problems. So, um, yeah, it's getting everybody fit. Again, back to the walls, reason. Key, you know, again, you've just got to keep it tight for the early part of the game. When they've come behind, they've had problems. Um, Mason, I don't know, you think about it, they capitulated a little bit the last two, so you need leaders to come out there. But again, as you say, absolutely nothing to fear. If they go out of the competition, you know, you could say, well done, but we'll move on. But if they get something, we could be talking about a, a big replay, which I'm sure they get that and get a good draw, good chance of being on the TV again. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll stay in the National League then, and a, another side who are three games without a win are your boys, Matt. Um, AFC filed at home on Saturday. I think you th- you thought they might it might be a good opportunity to get back on track, but it, it didn't quite pan out like that. Tell me about the game. Yeah, thinking about it, it's only two wins in eight in all competitions for Dover as well, so that's a little bit concerning. To be fair, I thought Fylde did a job on Dover. They kept Dover at bay, particularly in the first half. Dover didn't create any chances. Second half, looked like Dover, the only way they were going to score was from a set piece, and they had a couple of good set pieces, which it could test the goalkeeper, because I was saying in the commentary, we, you know, they've got Jay Lynch, the guy from Salford in goal, you know, he could be the world's best goalkeeper or the world's worst goalkeeper at half time. 
they didn't put him under any pressure, no high balls into the box or any shots. He came out and and did a job in the second half. You know, you know his job is to save the ball. So, you know, people are saying, oh, the golden of the world, here, but there's shots he should save, and he did do that. I, I think the difference was that Barr played some lovely football, kept kept the ball, and Dover struggled a bit. And they also had um, Danny Rowe in attack. And, you know, it's chalk and cheese, I thought, from Ryan Burt for Dover and Danny Rowe. Both big centre-forwards, but Rowe, top goalscorer in the league. Always looking to come short, always looking to bring players into play. Um, and he scored, and he gave him one half a chance, which they were, you know, really parry. He had a good game, I thought, on Saturday. You know, dallied when he should have put the ball in Rowex. And Danny Rowe, oh, I think, is, a very, is the best centre-forward I've seen this season. His movement punished them a little bit. So it's just a little bit concerning from, from a David point of view because... I need to strengthen the squad in depth. And one of the big concerns for me is there's not real much pace up top. And in this division, if you've got pace up top, you can stretch defenders. With Ryan Burke, they play such a high line, some of these defenders, uh, against him, because they know he can't be, they can't he can't turn them and run on. So, again, you're pushing the ball up to Bird, and if he doesn't win the ball, he's totally ineffective. So, I think David got a big, big questions again this week. You know, no winning threes, disappointed. No goals in the last two. You know, I've seen quite a few games this season. The last two games haven't been the Dover that I've seen this season. Chris Kinnear, quite a look into it, maybe tinker a little bit with it. But yeah, it was disappointing. But fair play to the Farron. They're one of the better sides. And if they can go on a run, um, I think they could get in the playoffs, to be honest. And I think they'll give Wigan a good game in the FA Cup on, on Friday night as well. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, Chris Kinnear's had a good record, hasn't he, of, of bringing strikers in, Stefan Payne, Ricky Miller, who've scored a lot of goals and gone into the league. And, and I guess it's time for him to maybe do some more magic and get someone else in because, you know, he, there are obviously going to be, there's got to be someone out there who can, who can bang some goals in. You know, the fact there isn't a transfer window, he can still make a move. You've got a busy Christmas period coming up. And you've said a few times about Bird and not being able to run in behind. And the teams have, have figured him out so early. You know, I think from what, from what I know about Miller and Payne, they they were much more all round strikers. But Bird seems to me to be a, a bit more one dimensional in, in what his threat is. He's, he's a very threatening player, but he can't, he hasn't got the ability to keep pushing them around. So maybe they need to go and find someone who can provide them a little bit extra. Well, I think they've got that in Alavi because they brought James Alavi in and he scored twenty four goals last season for Chester. And Chester after Christmas nosedive, you know, but he carried on scoring goals for them. And Bird has been playing right on the, out on the wing. And to me, he's not a winger. He wants the ball straight down the centre, uses power and pace, which Dover are lacking, to, to, to get through the defence, the ball to run onto. You know, he doesn't, he's, I don't know what his game's like back to goal, but I don't think he's particularly good. But if you can give him a chance to run on, stretch defenders, because defenders will push back, that's got a chance. He's very, very strong. I think he's been wasted. His confidence has been shot at Tranmere a little bit. He's gone to Tranmere. It didn't work out for him. He's come to Davis called one go in five or six, it is now. But he's playing right wing. And that's n- not his game for Dope. I don't think his game. He's got to go centrally to give him a chance. And it'll be interesting if Chris Kinnear gives him a chance uh, against uh, Bromley from that position. And maybe just, you know, he's going to stick with his, his three at the back, the three of the two wing backs. Hopefully Pasty will be fit because he's an absolute, a real loss down the right-hand side. Maybe just strengthen the midfield a little bit because Dover's seen against Bromley this season. Well, they've played them three times, haven't won any of them. They, you know, can be picked up on the counter-attack by a very strong Bromley side. So, you know, maybe go two up top, strengthen the midfield, maybe put Pinnock in the midfield to, to sort of even it out a little bit. Yes, it, it is a concern, but you got a Larby, proven at this level, a lot of sides wanted to buy him, and he went to Tranmere, the biggest team in this division, 
didn't work out for him, give him a go. Otherwise, they hooked him off at half time on Tuesday, um, Saturday, and he, and he may become disillusioned. He wants to. He's a he's a striker who wants to play down the middle. Sooner or later, they've got to give him a go. Otherwise, another defeat on Saturday with the results going their way. You now Dover had a chance to move clear at the top, but then now then Dover would be back in the chasing pack, and something they don't really want to be in. Yeah, you've touched on briefly there, Bromley. They um, what Lee Wogan said earlier about how anyone can beat anyone in this league is probably encapsulated in their week. Went up to Barrow on Saturday, we were pretty resurgent, one three nil. Swiftly rearranged, game home to Aldershot on Tuesday night. Lost that one 2 nil, A bit up and down for Bromley. Um, while Ebbsfleet, and I don't know why they're last, because they had a cracking result. Um, they beat Hartlepool United 3 nil on Saturday. They're still 12th. Darren McMahon's talking about bringing another striker. I think the fleet are doing quite well. There, there was big expectations on them at the start of the season, I think mainly from us, to be fair. But I think they're slowly getting to grips with life at, at, at this level again. And I think they can really push on in the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I, well, I think the expectations, because... They'll be in the top probably five or so sides if you're looking at football from a budgeting reasons that they've got a, a good squad, a big squad as well because they can mix and match with the players they're bringing in. That's a great result against Hartlepool. Hartlepool, a little bit inconsistent, but they expect to be doing better than they are. Gone there three 0 fantastic result. Again, people like Kedwell, we mentioned, and Coulson and players like that who've played at this level, maybe getting to grips with it. Game grips with it is a tougher, tougher division with bigger defenders, etc., like that. So. A, a, a really good result for Epsley. Of course, they'll be disappointed. They haven't got, they're not in action this weekend to follow that up. But um, yeah, really, you know, they can go in it. They're only, what, uh, eight points off the top. And, we're, and this weekend, some of the sides, particularly Dover and, and Bromley, are hitting the halfway mark, aren't they? So if you offer Darryl McMahon at the halfway mark of the season, we'll only be eight points off the top. You take your hands off them. And probably from a Dover and Bromley point of view, you probably they'll be happy where they are. But I think sometimes if they can be a little bit more consistent from that thing, it could be better. It's always maybe looking at the heart, the glass uh, half empty than the glass half full. But they're all doing they're all doing well at the moment. None of them are outside the playoff hunt, and arguably none of them are outside the hunt for the title as well, which is all we can ask for our sides. Yeah, I mean, as, as you said, there no game for Ipswich this weekend. They, they were supposed to be playing Maidstone actually. Um, yeah. So both of those derby games between them are now going to be played on Tuesday nights this season, which is probably quite disappointing for Kent football. But but there you go. So there's only one game for us to worry about in the National League on Saturday. Bromley against Dover. Part four. As you said earlier, it's definitely an advantage Bromley so far this season. Two wins and a draw for, for the Lily Whites against the Whites. Um, do you fancy your chances at all on Saturday, Matt? Um, I think it's a big game for, for both sides. I think Bromley... I think they probably thought they could probably knock over Aldershot. Aldershot, again, I think it's just side they have a few dips, then they go on a bit of a run. Um, they've hit the top now. It's their first time they've hit the top since the uh, early part of the season. So they'll be looking to, uh, to bounce back. I suppose probably, whatever people, the managers may say beforehand, the three games do play a big factor in, you know, we played this season, probably will be think, full of confidence because, they destroyed Dover in the second half of the FA Cup game. I wasn't there at that game. I saw the first game, but the you know they were kept Dover at bay all game in the uh, in the in the rear right the, the the home fixture for Dover uh, second game of the season, and, and they looked in control of that. Hit Dover on the counter attack, which I think they'll probably try and do this week, and that's why I think Dover should maybe pack out the midfield a little bit more because um, they are could be exposed if the defenders are facing them towards their own goal. They could have issues. Yeah, and um, as we move down the pyramid, um, the FA Trophy took centre stage last weekend. Dartford got past Brentwood to put their spot in the first round proper, but Welling United, more trouble for them at home. They went out to Western. 
Um, Cray also went out 3-0 at Braintree. Probably that was expected, but Margate is still flying the flag. Franny Collins Brace took them past Egham Town on Saturday in their delayed tie. And then Steve White had to take his eye down to Bath on Tuesday night for the next round. They came back with a creditable 0-0 draw. The replay's next week with the victors away to Hendon, who beat Slough on penalties after a replay. But that's a really good result for Margate. They had a couple of days to prepare. I don't know how much scouting they would have done into Bath. They've gone down there, they've frustrated them, and they've got they've got every chance in the replay, surely. Yeah, I think, again, the 3G surface may become a factor into that. And again, Margate have done the hard work going down to Bath on the Tuesday night, cold Tuesday night. Um, again, maybe it worked in their favour. They didn't probably too, know too much about Bath. The confidence of the result on Saturday um, goes on. Good to be back into action. And there's no reason why um, they can't get a result against Bath in the next round and show you know, the, the players that got the quality players, Margate, could probably play at a high level and they... They proved it last night. Who do they get in the next round if they get through? Uh, Hendon um, away um, after Hendon beat Slough in a replay. So, I mean, I mean, we've seen Slough. They're not a bad side. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 that'll be a tough one for them against Hendon. But, um, you know, you say Margate had to go to Bath on Tuesday night. Now Bath have got to come all yeah. the way down to Margate on a Tuesday night. Not an enviable journey, that one, at all. I, I remember... A, actually going to a league game, Margate against Bath, in, in the National League a couple of years ago at, at home, and it was one all. it was freezing. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't think Bath particularly fancied it that much. And, and you know, there, there's all the pressure. Again, I guess there's, there's not a lot of pressure on Margate because if they lose, it's to a higher division team. But if they can manage to beat them at home, you know, then I, it, that's probably a winnable target. And they, they could go a long way, Margate. Well, I think Bath got to the... The semi final a couple of seasons ago, didn't they? Over, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, getting through. So, yeah, from a Bath point of view, it's um, probably they, they don't want to come in. It's quite interesting because some of the times in the next round, you can you don't have to actually have a replay at this point of view. So, I don't know if it cut across Margate's mind, but going to Bath and say, right, we're going down here, we will, you know, whatever happens after 90 minutes, we'll play to a completion. Maybe they thought, oh, we're going to do this, try and get them, if we can get a draw, we'll get them back try and beat them at old places. Margate, of course, they're losing track of games because the, the, the problems with their, with Egham and whatever it was, Bowles and Pitsy in the previous round having the eligible players, they lost league games as well. So it might have been a, an option for them to sort of say to them, right, we'll, we'll do it do it on the day. But um, they decided against it and I'm sure um, it, might, it might not be a big crowd at Harstown Park because it would probably be freezing there and the trophy doesn't really bring in that much of appeal to in the new year, really. But again, it's a good marker to where Steve Watts' team are. Yeah, and elsewhere in the next round of the, of the FA Trophy, the first round proper, nonsense, um, where the National League clubs are all, are all in it now. So Dartford are at home to Boreham Wood. Um, Dover are also at home to Eastbourne Borough, who beat Royston in a replay on Tuesday night. I think that was also on penalties. Um, Bromley still don't know who they're going to pl- play because they've got either Farnborough or Hartley-Whitney, who play their original tie on Wednesday night. As always, we're recording Wednesday lunchtime. Um, Maidstone are back off to Torquay where they won earlier this month and I think we should mention Sittingbourne, um, Matt, because they lost in the replay to Haringey Borough. Haringey Borough beat Tame United on Saturday and then they got the plum tie, Leighton Orient at home. Can you imagine if only Sittingbourne had that narrow defeat in that replay, what that would have been like, Sittingbourne against Leighton Orient in the FA Trophy. Leighton Orient would have absolutely hated Woodstock Park, wouldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, I think well, it was a great tie for Harry. You know, it's probably not too far from, uh, from that point of view. And, that, and they've got the plum tie again. It's probably a good, you know, Leighton are going to have a new manager by then. So I would have thought the new manager knows they're not going to get promoted maybe this season. 
should have enough to stay up. Maybe the the trophy could be a competition that to to appease the fans a little bit and try and get to Wembley. So yeah, what a yeah gutting for City Bob, but on those things you can always look in advance because eventually one of our Kent sides would eventually play Manchester United if they got through. Looked like A gets knocked out by B, so it's just one of those things. I, I'm sure Nick Davis, City Bob manager, looked at him probably said bugger, and that was about it. And moved on. Yeah, and interesting. He said about Leighton Orient maybe using the trophy as a sort of make way. Well, it didn't work out too well for York City last year, did it? Who won the trophy and still yeah. managed to get relegated. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. but against Dartford against Bournemouth, that'd be a, you know Bournemouth are a decent side as well. That's a that's a good matchup, I think, for um, for Dartford, particularly at home to see where they are. They had that trouncing by Swindon, of course. I'm sure Tony Berman will be thinking, right, Bournemouth at home. Let's, let's show what we can do against high like, high level sides. Well. I think, you know, it's a flip of the coin for Maidstone and Epsley in that competition because you don't know how the opposition will, will, will want to play. I'm sure that Dal McMahon would like Epsley to get to the final again after the, the glory days of 2008. Uh, and also Maidstone again, their fans would love that also. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering, if I don't think I mentioned Epsley's tie actually, did I? I think I've lost Eastley, that one somewhere in the ether. Oh, yes. I did lose that one somewhere in the ether when I was uh, putting this together at just after midnight the, last night. Um, anyway, moving to the Bostic League very quickly. Um, there was only one game in the Premier Division that concerned us, and that was focusing on Tuesday night. Um, they fell behind at home to Enfield, but hit back to win 5-1, even missing a penalty along the way. And a massive signing for them this week, as they managed to get Johan Terhorst back on loan from Maidstone. He scored twice on Tuesday night. Someone sent us a message earlier on Twitter saying he was different class on for them. I mean, he was he scored goals for fun for them when he was there before. He earned that move to Hull. He obviously needs some game time, needs some goals. Gone back to his former club. Um, he's covering Ian Draycott's honeymoon at the moment. But when when Draycott's back, what options he's got? He's got Yusuf, Tahorse, Draycott, and Joe Taylor. Um, they go to Wingate and Finchley on Saturday. And folks, we talked a lot about them last week, and, and I know that was quite well received but that is brilliant for them to get to horseback yeah I think some of the signings haven't really worked out for Jay Saunders in the summer that once he's put them out on loan he's put the younger players out on loan it's very easy for them to sit in the stands but send him out on there to horse he's been on the bench been coming off the bench but you know he's gone to somewhere that he's loved really um, and I'm sure he went back there he probably needs to beef out a little bit play a bit more men's football playing academy football you know, is a lot different to probably playing national league football um, so he probably needs to beef out a bit but yeah gone there scored two goals Aidy Yusuf another penalty for post they must have had more penalties than any team in the, in the country this season every time they seem to get a penalty but this time they missed it but yeah they're real real role uh, folks to the picture so 335 people there as well so there's no reason why we all think Billerica will win the league but they, could, they definitely could uh, be in the playoffs but a fantastic season for them and to Horst that is a you know, a great signing. But first of all, Ian Drake got three-week honeymoon. What a lucky man he is. I know. Tell me about it. I suppose all the extra pennies they earn from uh, from playing this non-league football are finally put, being put to some use. I, I, if he's not gone to Australia to watch a bit of the Ashes, I'm disappointed in him, though. I really am. <laughs> um, elsewhere this week, we've got Margate travelling to Burgess Hill on Saturday, Tunbridge at home to Merston, and Stephen Kim then takes his side to Dorking on Tuesday night. Um, in the South Division, there's actually a big game after we record the show tonight. Um, Cray Wanderers, still unbeaten at home. Um, they've played three or four uh, fewer games than everybody above them, apart from the leaders, Lewis. They're at home to Ramsgate tonight, and, and Tony Russell's side are, are really looking good. I mean, lost at the weekend in the trophy, as already said, but that was to a side two leagues above them. I certainly don't think 
that I thought Cray would do this well at the start of the season. But I was I was pretty impressed when I saw them. And and you love to talk about Michael Power, don't you? I've talked about Michael Power, but they've only conceded 10 goals in 17 games with one defeat. So, yeah, I do like Michael Power. Um, uh, real old-fashioned centre-forward. But, yeah, they, they, a win against Ramsgate, well, presumably we want that to be a draw because Ramsgate, well, Ramsgate, oh, I'm going to go down, I'm going to go up. So, from that point, yeah, the score goals, I think they did pretty well against Braintree for the first 60-odd minutes as well in the competition in there and just ran out of steam a bit. But, yeah, another side that's having a, a good season. You know, they have played... Uh, uh, Devon Bostick Premier before under the old manager Ian Jenkins so there's no reason if they can do that and of course the biggest thing the biggest result for them of course every time we say it is is men get their new ground so uh, but off the pitch continuing to play at Bromley uh, they're doing well if you're hard to beat, then then you're going to be there or thereabouts, and 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 that's what Cray are. Also tonight you've got Phoenix going to Lewis, um, and looking back over what's happened. Elsewhere in the Bostick South, Hythe came from behind to beat VCD on Tuesday night, a win which moved them up to fifth and continued their good home form. And uh, my new mate Richard Paquette scored again on Tuesday night as Thamesmead drew 3 3 at Molsey. Herne Bay drew 1 0 with Horsham. Herne Bay also drew on Saturday at home to East Grinstead. Um, Sittingbourne and Ramsgate also drew against Corinthian Casuals and Molsey, respectively. Babisham beat South Park and VCD beat Shoreham, but both Thamesmead and Hythe lost. Um, still, Anything can happen in that league. You know, we talk about the National League being up and down, but it's the same there. I mean, there's, there's obviously some good, strong sides there. You know, not many teams go to high and get a result. Cray are, are hard to beat. Lewis are hard to beat. Sittingbourne have, have had a really good season. But again, still, it's such a tight league and, and anyone can beat anyone, can't they? Well, you think, you know, we, we were saying how good Sittingbourne become. They've gone down to eighth, but they're only sort of seven, eight points off the top and uh, on the outskirts of the playoffs. Yeah, it's just getting a bit of consistency. Um, Sittingbourne, you know, I think the games, the amount of games they're playing has probably caught up with them a little bit. Yeah, but there's, I did expect more Kent sides to be at the right end of the table. But we've got three in the top eight, so um, well, we take Greenwich as well, four in the top eight. So uh, it's um, yeah, it, it's progress. But I still think that some of the other sides could be doing uh, a, a little bit better. Hutton Bay are a learning curve, but they're the entertaining side that you know they played 20 games and uh, there's been uh, 80 goals in those 20 games. So if you want entertainment. And watch um, Herne Bay at Winchesfield. Well, yeah, or on Saturday, if you want to watch entertainment, you could always go and watch Herne Bay at Ramsgate in what I'm calling the A299 Derby, because it's, <laughs> it's fairly close. Um, also this weekend, we've got Ashford against Thamesmead, Craig go to Carl Shorten, Sittingbourne are away to East Grinstead, VCD have got the plane trip to Guernsey, Hyde against Hastings, Phoenix against Horsham, and Fabersham are at Whiteleaf. And then on Tuesday night, Sittingbourne go to Walton Casuals, and Thamesmead are at home to Fabersham on Wednesday night next week. And I, I think... From the looks of it, the, the midweek games are slightly slowing down in that division. I'm not surprised because, you know, most of the teams now have played, are getting towards halfway. And, you know, we're well into it now. And it, they do have to stop those games a little bit now because as the weather gets colder, the pitches start taking the batter in. And with with the weather being as cold as it is, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if we start seeing some postponements in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, you think they're playing... I'm surprised they haven't reached that halfway mark because I don't think somebody... Ramsgate must have played midweek for the last six to eight weeks uh, from that point of view. A lot of these sides, again, yeah, there's other cup competitions in, but not a lot of these sides will now be out of cup competition. So, concentrating on the league. Eventually, you've got to stop playing midweek. But, again, I've still we've been through this argument before about how they do the fixtures. And, and again, if they want to attract people to games, um, Bay Ramsgate, that's, that's tonight, so it was, it was uh, Saturday. So, at least it's on a Saturday. So, a lot of people um, will look at it... Uh, a game to go to from that point of view so 
try and get some more, and I travelling aside, try and get more of the local derbies at the weekend so that some of the fans, the floating fan, can go and watch the games. Exactly. Um, moving on to the Southern Counties East League, we, we talked about Danny Gallon's injury last week, the era town striker, and um, pretty heartwarming stuff, actually. A just giving page has been set up to help him. And he's a plasterer, so he's not going to be able to work for a while. Target's 5000 and and in a little over a week, they've already raised more than £2,000. Um, so fair play to everyone who's donated to that, and fair play to the people at Earth for organising it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, as I said, there's, there's a lot of nice people in, in non-league football. So people to do that, £2,000 is, is a fantastic achievement. For that, he's a plasterer. You know, we know Mitch Pinnock and we've got Fanny Collin, I think, are plasterers as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a footballer's sort of profession. And, of course... It's tough on your old legs and the leg problem he's got as well. So we wish him all the well, all the best. And I'm sure he's absolutely delighted with the support he's got. Yeah. Um, most of the action in the Southern Counties East teams was the Kent Senior Trophy last weekend. Um, now down to the last eight of that competition, which will be played on the 20th of January, another Saturday. Um, run through those ties quickly. Canterbury City against Thamesmead. Uh, SC Thamesmead, that is. Cray Valley PM against Chatham Town. Irith Town against Whitstable Town. Sheffield United against Tunbridge Wells. Also found another competition, Matt, last weekend. Um, the Southern Counties East Football League Challenge Cup. Because, you know, we often That's talk about how teams in this league don't play enough silly cup games. Um, Deal and Glee, they've already played in the FA Cup, the FA Vars. Last weekend, they played in the uh, Scaffold Challenge Cup. And this weekend, they're playing in the league. Um, you know, it is madness. Deal and Glebe, I mean, it's it's not even that close. You know, if they were next-door neighbours, they might as well just merge because they seem to be seeing each other every week. Yep. Yeah, it's, it seems a bit of a fast call. And again, you know, this is a problem with it. There's only a certain amount of teams. You don't want to be playing the same old teams. You know, you know a little bit of, uh, you know, you, know, you want that little change to prove yourself as a player. And if you know you're coming up against the same player each time, you Surely your motivation's a little, a little bit down as well when you wake up on Saturday and go, oh, got Glebe again. It's it's just not good. Again, there's too many cup competitions from that point of view. Maybe it's a difficult one, you know, because we know that the levels we're at, certain sides have issues to get players, etc. like that. But yeah, but maybe rein it in. Again, I can't believe if you do win that long competition, that I've forgotten already his name. It's not going to make your fortune, is it? No, the thing was, because I was, obviously I was on Twitter and I saw... Um, you know, Glebe and Deal were saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're playing each other again on Saturday. And then I saw again that they were playing each other this weekend. And I thought, oh, well, what, what happened last week? So I looked at the Kent Seam Trophy. I couldn't see it. I thought, what, what have they played in? And then I discovered this Southern Counties East Football League Challenge Cup. And I thought, oh, my days. What? What? I mean, I just don't understand it. What, Is it going to sponsor that competition? I don't know. The Kent Non-League podcast, which you maybe... Maybe we should. Yeah. We could sponsor it. I was going to say it'd only be about a tenner, maybe twenty quid. We'll sponsor it next year. It'll be. I'll tell you what, though, if we sponsor it, won't won't we make a big song and dance about it? It'll be the best <laughs> cup competition in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. After the FA Cup. Well, yeah, of course. We have a cup finished if we go out baseline, as I said before. You have mentioned that in the start. Yeah. Um, for the uh, elsewhere in the scaffold this weekend, Chatham play Canterbury was one of the standout clashes. There's a fairly a fair few league games in there, but it's also the FA Vars this weekend, so our four remaining sides are, are looking to get through. Three of them are at home, Beckenham against Eastbourne Town, Lordswood against Bracknell Town, Whitsville against Chichester, and seven Oaks go to Thatcham Town. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident here, Matt. I, I, I think we're going to get at least two, maybe three through to the next round. Bracknell Town, I've, I think they've had a bit of a cut run, so Lordswood, that's a difficult one, but they're at home on that point. Chichester, another side, they knocked out. 
the Canterbury last round. Deal. Deal, Deal sorry. They, they're one of the, which, well, I think, the side that could go for and patch them down at seven oaks. Yeah, I think we will still have somebody left in the competition uh, at the end, probably uh, close to play on uh, Saturday. So I think Eastbourne Town, why Eastbourne's got two, two clubs as well, that's another story. But I think they've had a run in this competition as well. But again, win there, then you're in the fourth round, and then maybe gets a little bit more exciting down to the last day, too. I think they, they used to have three clubs down in Eastbourne, actually. There was, so there were Eastbourne Sports as well, wasn't there, as, as Borough yeah. and Town? And then I think it all sort of got mixed in together. But, you know, well, I actually it... played at the cricket ground where um, one of them played, because they back matched them. And I got a lovely cricket ground, because Sussex actually played there, and I got about 44, not 44 runs. So it's, always remember that, because it was such a good wicket. So I, even if somebody like me, with my limited ability, could hit the ball there. So, yeah. But the football, the football, I think it might be in Eastbourne Sports, that was, or whatever it was, the, the cricket ground, like the, the boundary, was the goal sort of thing from that? It was lovely ground to think. Yeah, I, I, I sort of miss those days where football pitches and, and cricket pitches were together. I remember when Northampton used to play and they, they couldn't play over the start of the season because they couldn't have the part of the pitch because it was on the outfield. That used to be quite yeah. a bit of fun. Um, but yeah, that's, it's all about sanitised now, football, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah, it is, and and, and you know it, that's why it's nice that we can talk about the clubs at, at this level. You know, and and it's it's a great day out for you know, Seven Oaks to, to go to Thatcher. At least it's on a Saturday. You know, I think, you know, any of our teams who, who draw these games on uh, on Saturday, um, I mean, I don't know. Again, they can not have replays if they want. But, you know, Whitstable won't want to go to Chichester on a Tuesday night. And by the same token, Thatcher will not want to come to Seven Oaks on a Tuesday night. So there are opportunities there. And, and I really hope that we can, you know, get a little bit closer and, and, and then we can, maybe just maybe start thinking a little bit more about it. we've talked about it all the way through and I'm going to be really disappointed if none of our teams manage to at least go really deep in and, and get us actually physically thinking about how we're going to get to Wembley and how great it's going to be well yeah I, I think you're down to the last 32 so probably as a break probably before Christmas now after that so people can worry about their league form and then start dreaming about the competition I'm sure we'll get I'm sure we'll have sides in the last 32 so and now some of the time you're thinking, oh, if they can maybe, you know, if we're going to get size through, maybe draw against each other, then we know that the 16, then it's a little bit exciting from there. But fingers crossed that we'll definitely have sides in the draw on Monday. But I don't know when it gets when it goes non-regionalised. It's probably still regionalised, maybe not to the last 16 or something. But you could be travelling the length and breadth of the country, which would, which would be great for some of these sides as well. Oh, and I've, I've known of, of some great trips. I mean, Tunbridge Wells played... Right out in the West Country in one round. Then they played Shield in, uh, in the semi-final, I think, um, which was miles away up north. And another one of my my former colleagues um, once covered South Park, who we now obviously know are in the Bostic South. And they played Whitley Bay, I think. And, and one of my former colleagues went on the team coach with them. And they had quite the weekend, I understand, um, when they went quite deep into that competition. So, you know, it, it's, it's great. And I think it's brilliant for these players at this level to be able to travel all over the country, you know, and not, and it's only a one-off, you know, they wouldn't have to do it every week, but, you know, your players turning out for Whitstable, I mean, well, we've said it many times, Deal have played Glebe, but you're looking at players at that level have got the chance to maybe play anywhere in England in this competition, and that is pretty fantastic, I reckon. Yeah, uh, you know, you people, you know, we've mentioned it before, Craig Clay with Sean Welford, who've been stalwarts as a non-league game round that point of view, they're coming to the tail end of their careers, a win against Chichester, that they'll probably start little sniffing the thing. Right, let's go and do this. We can, I can end my career at least deep, deep into this competition. And the deeper you go, the, the dream of Wembley comes a little bit nearer. Absolutely. Right. Well, that's all for for this week. What, what worry this weekend then, Matt? 
I'm off to Bromley, yeah, Bromley against uh, Davis. So uh, hopefully, Chris, well, Chris Kenny, if he does listen, would have said that bring James Alabi in is my main request from that. But again, from a Bromley point of view, keep it as you are. You've done well against David in the three games. I'm sure Neil Smith's got another tactic on there. It should be an interesting game. And I think it's a game that probably, you know, after Bromley last night, David in the last two, a defeat for either side would knock the confidence back a little bit. So, yeah, so it's an important game for both sides. Good to see the, the, the new 3G pitch up there as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Neil Smith's such a great guy. So, um, uh, we'll be interested to have a chat with him beforehand. So, yeah, we'll, we'll try and get, maybe get him on uh, the pod next week again. Excellent. And, and also, I, I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm, I'm eyeing up a few fixtures. Um, Ramsgate, Home Bay, possibly. Ashford, Thamesmead. Um, you know, that that sort of thing. Or I might even have a, have a look down and, and may even rock up at an FA Vars tie. You never know. Um but anyway, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks again to Lee Wargan for that interview. I think it's one of the best interviews you've had on, on the podcast so far. Um, really enjoyed that. As always, find us on social media, um, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast, on Facebook at Kent Non-League. And if you've got anything you want to say to us, send us a message on either of those mediums or drop us a line at johnphipps81 at outlook.com. Um, someone in Matt's office is making a right din at the moment. Um, I should report I'm in Tesco's car park today. And earlier on, we were talking about Maidstone. Someone just pushed a trolley over in the space next to my car and left it there. But fortunately, someone's come and taken it back. So that's all good news. Um, anyway, thank you. If you do watch the, you know, if, if I can get one person who listens to the pod to watch the bridge program, they will not regret it. Greatest program ever made. Okay, I, I, I will give. I maybe give an episode a try just for you, Matt. Just, just for you. Appreciate that. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, that is all, and we will speak to you next week.